High five a couple people around you. Say he's a chain breaker. Praise the Lord, everybody. It is uh, good to be in the house of the Lord on a Sunday night. Amen. I'm glad I can feel him, aren't you? Amen. Amen. Well, um, tonight uh, tonight is going to be a little bit different. All of you, uh, many of you know I'm not Pastor Bounds. Um, and I said this this morning, and I'll say it again tonight. If you are... If you came expecting Pastor Bounds or if this is your first time here, we welcome you. We're honored that you're here. Would you help me welcome our guests? <clears throat> but if, if you don't like tonight, come back next Sunday and I promise you'll like it. There is nobody like our pastor, amen, and his wife and their family. Tremendous people of God. We love them. We honor them tonight. They are quizzing nationals, and uh, things are going well there. You'll be hearing more about that, but Lakin and Seth have won one, lost one, and they will quiz again tomorrow, and so uh, we'll pray for them. Just be in prayer for them, and uh, our quizzers are bad to the bone. They're, some, they're, they're the real deal, and uh, we love them. We're proud of them, aren't we? Amen. Amen. Well, um, we, uh, we're gearing up, gearing up for North American Youth Congress, and uh, do we have any young people that are excited about that trip? It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, not, not really excited. Good. All right. Uh, we've only planned for a year for this. No problem. No problem for your response there. You guys, you guys excited about NAYC? Okay. Yeah, a little better. Okay. Yeah. Uh, whatever. <laughs> it's going to be an awesome trip. We, le we leave Tuesday. We're getting here at 7.30. We're leaving a little after that. And so it's going to be a fun trip. And this is your friendly announcement to be on time. Yeah, I'm looking at all of you. Be on time. Turn to your neighbor and say, be on time. Okay. Um, let me echo Pastor Melick. Let me echo Pastor Melick in saying that August the 18th, he, he mentioned our back-to-school night. We're gearing, up, uh, we're gearing up for that. We are going to give away 120 book bags full of school supplies to our community. Um, isn't that great? Sister, Sister Tharp is, is heading this up, is working very hard behind the scenes. But um, I'm just believing that God's going to send some people here. God's going to fill some people with the Holy Ghost. You know, Brother Wade did say, did say there would be 120 in one night that received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Who's to say some book bags couldn't be involved in that? Amen. And so if you want, we've got many supplies that need bought uh, for that. Obviously book bags and school supplies. And we're going around to businesses as well asking for donations. But if you want to be a part of giving to that, See Sister Tharp, and she will give you all of those details. Amen? All right. All right. Well, um, tonight's going to be, I said this this morning, but tonight is really going to be different. 
um, pastor asked me um, to, uh, several, several weeks ago, I taught a class in our life groups um, about technology and uh, the effect of technology on our teenagers, on us as a whole. And, um, and so I'm going to talk or teach tonight about technology. Pastor asked me to teach that here and um, because we need this. We need this. Do you have that scripture? What is it? Put on the scripture 2 Corinthians, or put on the, uh, not the scripture, put on the screen 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 2 and verse 11. Would you please? 2 Corinthians 2 and 11, if you would turn there. We'll, um, we'll start this teaching off with, with, a, with a scripture. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Of his devices. Of his devices. We, um, we have to be aware um, of his devices. Am I calling this evil? No. It can be. It can be. Just like anything in excess can be evil. Um, we need to talk about this. We need to. This, this needs discussed. And I believe the Lord is going to help us tonight. So I'm going to have you, let, let, let's just pray tonight. We're just, all we're, we're talking about tech tonight, okay? Tech means, for, for those who don't understand what tech means, tech means technology. Turn to your neighbor say technology. Technology, iPhones, iPads, laptops, computers, Xboxes, Playstations, and all of the above. We're going to talk about technology tonight and the role it plays in our life. I just want you to lift your hands, close your eyes, and sincerely ask the Lord to, to help you tonight. Lord Jesus, we love you, Lord. We're thankful, God, for teaching Lord, you, you came to this earth as a teacher. Lord, and I pray that through the teaching of your word and through principle and through facts, Lord, that you would help us, help us to be better stewards of our time, help us to leave better stewards of our own temples, our own body, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I pray you would give wisdom to parents tonight. I pray you would give wisdom to young people tonight. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. You can be seated. Let's talk about tech. Amen. Amen. I'm going to give you a minute to get yourself arranged here. Got your stuff together? Are you ready? Now would be a, um, tonight would be an okay night to take some notes and, and, um, be an okay night to, to just kind of hone in on what we're doing here. Um, the goal of every parent, and, and I'll talk a lot about parents tonight and students, but really this applies to all of us. Um, the goal of every parent is to win your child's heart. Is to win your child's heart. It's not to command Obedience, although that is necessary at times, 
the goal of a parent is to win their child's heart. If you can win them to you, you have won them to God. Because as you follow Christ, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. When they are bought into following you, they are they're inevitably bought into following Christ. Does that make sense? So the goal is to win is to win your child's heart. And I understand that I'm a, I'm a father of two not teenagers. Um, I'm, a, I'm a father of a five-year-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old. And, and, uh, but I do believe that in 10 years of youth ministry, the Lord has, has let me see some things uh, to help you. And so I'm going to share those things with you. Honey, it's hard to believe we've been in, we've youth pastored now together for seven and a half years. And uh, we've seen some things. And I uh, believe, believe the Lord's going to help us. So, so the goal is to win, win our child's heart, right? But we also have technology. <laughs> and it seems like when you mention those two things, winning your child's heart and technology, there are no further two polar opposite things in the world that go together than winning your child's heart and technology. It always seems just like a fight. Can I get an amen from a parent? Can I get an angry amen from a parent? Amen. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's always just contentious. It can be at times. It's, it's very difficult to, to uh, navigate that. But I want to give understanding tonight to how, how we function, how God created us to function. So tonight we're going to begin by talking about, about the brain, okay? We're gonna, everybody say the brain. Let's talk about the brain. Every human's brain is wired to seek out pleasure. Some of you may already know this stuff. Just let it be a refresher for you. Every human's brain is wired to seek out pleasure. Your brain has reward pathways that are designed to remember pleasurable experiences and seek to recreate them. Okay? Your brain is designed your, your brain is designed to remember things that bring pleasure and seek to create those things, okay? That's how our brains are wired. When, um, when something pleasurable happens, your brain stores that information away for future reference. Next time there is a possibility of recreating that pleasure, your brain releases dopamine, all right? Everybody say dopamine. Your brain releases dopamine along that pathway. Your brain releases a chemical, a pleasure chemical, along that pathway to get you to continue down that pathway. These pleasure paths are what make addictions so powerful. Addictions of any sort. This is what make addic makes addictions so powerful. These addictions literally move from your human brain where thoughts and reason come from into the animal brain. Everybody say the animal brain. Where pure instinct resides. It's animal brain is just, just worried about the now. Animal brain is not, not thinking about five years from now, five hours from now, five days from now, five seconds from now. You are thinking about now, the immediate now. How can I get pleasure now? How can I satisfy this right now? Okay? That's what, that's, that's what is happening. Okay? 
um, technology companies, here, here's, how this, here's how this parallels with technology. Technology companies are obsessed with creating these pleasure paths in your brain for their product, okay? Quite literally, they want your child addicted to this product. The goal, their goal, their agenda is to get your child or you addicted to their product. That is the goal. Get this. Stay with me now. Robert Lustig, a professor of pediatric, pediatrics fo focused on endocrinology at the University of Southern California and the author of The Hacking of the American Mind, says it's not talking about technology. He says, it's not a drug, but it might as well be. Did y'all hear that? It's not a drug, but it might as well be. It works the same way and has the same results. This is a doctor. It works the same way and has the same results. Lustig studies what happens to our brains when they are addicted be it to sugar or heroin. He found that the brain responds to technology much in the same way it responds to other addictive substances. Did you hear that? Your brain responds in the same way to technology as it does to other addictive substances. Technology, like all other rewards, can over-release dopamine overexcite and kill neurons, leading to addiction, he said. Too much use of technology can cause stress in the brain, which has two negative effects. First, more stress leads, to the, brain, leads the brain to release cortisol, which can kill neurons on the memory center of the brain. Second, the stress can inactivate the brain's prefrontal cortex, or the executive part of the brain, the decision—sorry, uh, the decision-making part of the brain—it can inactivate that. That's the part of the brain which normally limits dopamine. It can inactivate that part, and our sense of pleasure or reward. When the brain gets used to a higher level of dopamine, it wants us to keep seeking out the addictive substance or habit. It wants us to repeat that. When we have created that pathway, it, it, we are wired to want to repeat that. Adolescence, get this, adolescence, he noted, and teenagers, you need to understand this tonight. This is important for you to get. There's a reason why mom and dad say no. And there's a reason why mom and dad say uh, not that long and, and not without, there's a reason for it, okay? And it's not just them being mean. Hey Amen, anyhow, they're looking out for you. Adolescents, he noted, are particularly susceptible to almost every psychiatric disease. Schizophrenia, anxiety, addiction, depression, in part because their prefrontal cortex is the last part of the brain to develop and to myelinate or develop a sheath that protects the neurons. 
They're sus- here's, here's what that's saying. They are susceptible to addiction at a young age because their, their brain has not fully developed enough to limit the amount of dopamine or pleasure that they receive from something such as technology. I'm reading a lot right now, but we're going to go somewhere, and I, I'm, I'm going to read these so I can get away from these here in just a second. Okay? Here's, here's, here's the sum of all of it. Technology is hurting our teenagers. Technology is hurting you. Technology is not helping you. We are creating an an addictive nature in our child. We are creating addictive natures in our children when we give them a device without limitations. Brother Hodge would say, it's the truth anyhow. (laughs) We are creating an addictive nature in our children when we give them a device without limitations. We are not, not, this isn't, this isn't up for debate. This is, this is, we are literally creating an addictive nature in them. Because at a young age, they have become addicted to a screen. They've become addicted to this technology that releases pleasure into their life. And so now, because they have been addicted to something, their nature for the rest of their life, unless changed or unless unless God moves or unless a change happens in their life, for the rest of their life, they have an addictive nature. Because the same amount of pleasure they had to get from the phone, they now have to get from this. Be it a substance, be it a person, be it a uh, whatever it is, be it a website, be it the, the same amount of pleasure they got from here, they have to get from there. So we are, we are literally creating an addictive nature in our children when we give them devices without any limitations. Are you with me? And sometimes as parents, and I'm guilty of it, we satisfy the now, we pacify the now, sacrificing their future. We, you know, we're at the, we're at the grocery store and, and, and Winston is crying because he wants down. And, uh, but when he gets down, he wants to run all the way to the other side of Kroger. And Lawson is crying because he wants the, he wants the, the half gallon of milk. But we know if we give him the half gallon of milk, he's going to throw it on the ground. So Lawson's going crazy. Winston's going crazy. And the easiest thing in the world to do is just say, hey, here you go. And I promise you, they're quiet instantly. They are. I've done it before. They, they are quiet. They are model citizens at that time. They're tremendous. And it's easy as parents to want to do that, pacify them for the moment so that we can get whatever we need to do done and then, and then say, no, you can't have that anymore once, once, once it's convenient for us. Well, well. We, 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 we take care of the now, sacrificing who they will become. And that's why we have to look beyond right now. Teenagers, you have to look beyond right now. Cell phones and, and social media and all of these things feel good right now. 
it's easy to give them those things right now, right? But we have to look beyond right now. God called us to train them, not raise them. Pastor says you you raise chickens. You train children. And if our goal is to train them on who they will become, the, 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 the thing not to do is just hand them a device every time they act up or act out. That's not the answer. We are training them to run to a device when things go wrong. You understand what I'm saying? We have to, so what do we do? Pastor says, uh, pastor says, you have to plan before you get there. You have to get, if you have not had a conversation with your spouse about what you are going to do with technology in your family, there needs to be a conversation. You have to plan before you get to the field. You have to plan a day Please hear me. You have to, whether you have a teenager or younger or, or whatever, you have to plan a day that your child is going to have one of these without any restrictions. How many of you know that answer right now? There's going to be, how many of you know, I'm going I'm to ask you something. How many of you know the answer to what day you are going to give them a cell phone without any restrictions? For some of you, that might be, well, when they can afford to pay for it by themselves, bless God. I can't disagree with that at all. You got to get a plan. You got to get a plan together. Here's why. And here's why the answer, oh, can I, I'm going to blame all this on pastor because he asked me to teach this. So if you got a problem with this, go to pastor and don't come to me. Don't you come to me. No, 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 no. Don't you come to me. The answer is not ever, is, is, the answer is not saying you can never have one of these, no way, no how. Mom, can I have a phone? No. Why? Because I said so. There's a time and place for that. And I've used that a bunch. <laughs> But this is not the time and place for that. Because what you do when, when it, becomes in, it becomes, you say you can't have this, you create an opposition. Uh, Brother Sean, will you come here and stand? Come right here, run, hurry up. Stand right here. Stand right here and face me. When you say, no, you ain't getting this, and you say, why? Say, why? Why? Because I said so. That feels good to just say. I've heard that so many times in my life. Mom and Dad, I love you. <laughs> I needed it too. I'll tell you right now, I needed it. Because when it's because I said so, what happens is you create this. And so what they feel is in order to have this, they can't have you. You with me? It's either this or it's you. And so it creates a you against me. And that's not the answer. What's the answer? Here's the answer. Say, Dad, can I have a cell phone? Dad, can I have a cell phone? I'm not your dad, but. The answer is this. Well, 
We can sit down and talk about that at some point. And then you actually sit down and talk about that at some point, right? So you, you do your research, you get a plan together, and then you sit down and you say, son, here's, here's what I have found. After tonight, I, parents, I'm giving you a ton of ammo tonight. I promise you, I'm going to give you so much ammo, your bag is going to be overflowing. You are welcome. Okay? Here's what you need to do. Go back to them and say, listen, these things are not... Listen, son. <laughs> these things are not a toy. These things are, are very serious. And people have gotten in a lot of trouble over these things. I want you to have one of these. I want you to have one of these. But I also understand that there are dangers in this. So I'm going to teach you how to navigate through this. And one day, and hopefully you can name that day when you have that conversation, I read a book and uh, I read a book of a man that did this um, that when they were a senior in high school, that was the day they got a phone without restrictions. Now, that wh what day that is for you, that's totally up to you, and that's none of my business, and, and you better not complain when they tell you a day later than that, all right? But for them, it was when you become a senior in high school. And so you say in that conversation, when you are, when you are a senior in high school, I'm going to give you one of these without restrictions. But for now, I'm going to train you with restrictions on how to use this wisely. And so what happens when you have that conversation is you don't create a you versus me. You create a we are on the same team. We're going toward the same direction. We're pursuing the same thing. You create a we are together, right? We're trying to win their heart and still, and still navigate technology. Is this okay? Is everybody with me? I feel like somebody's, I feel like people are getting a little squirmish right now. I promise it's going to work out. At the end, just hang with me. We create a team effort. We create a, you're not a team, they're your, you're, you're their parent and they're your child. It's not, it's not a team, but you're bringing them alongside you to allow them to see what you see. They see the dangers that you see. They see the repercussions that you see. They see the issues that you see. You bring them alongside of you and say, this is the plan. Thank you, Brother Sean. Well, I don't think that's going to work for my kid. That's fine. That's fine. But how many of you have a cell phone? Would you raise your hand? <laughs> yeah. Everybody. Everybody be it a flip phone or whatever. Everybody's got a cell phone. So the question is, um, the, the fact of the matter is, is eventually they're going to have one. Whether they're 30 or, or you know, 19. They're, eventually they're going to get a cell phone. So the question is, do you want to play a role in helping them with that or not? Do you want to help them with it, or do you want them to just figure it out? I would hope that the response would be, I want to train them on how to navigate through a phone, 
on how to do this the right way because you can do this right. You can, you can have technology and still live for God. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. Let's, let's get back to the notes. Uh, some of you are squirming. Again, go to pastor. Don't go to me. <laughs> the goal of technology companies is to speed through the pleasure path as quickly as possible and have you constantly needing their product. Addiction depends on your brain becoming so used to the activity that it needs more stimulation to derive the same amount of pleasure. So, so the question is, how do they do this? How do they get us addicted? If, if there's one slide that, if there's one, if there's any point that you need to listen to, it's these points right now, okay? How do they get us addicted? Young people, how, how do they get you? I want every young person to look at me in the eyes right now. I feel like, I feel like I'm losing you right now. Like, oh, he's talking about how I can't have technology. I hate this guy right now. Look at me. How, how do they get you addicted? Some of you are addicted to your phones right now. You cannot, some of you, such were some of you. <laughs> some of you are addicted to your phones right now. Well, uh, technology is ruining our attention spans. You were in the Holy Ghost tonight when you said concentrate. Technology is ruining our attention spans. The average attention span of a teenager right now is six seconds. I could throw the rest of the notes away. We could have an altar call from right. The average, hello, the average attention span of a teenager is six seconds. And you wonder why you have to tell them to clean their room 35 and a half times. I'm helping you right now. Brandon, you're laughing back there because you're like, man, that is so right. Six seconds. What has done that? Social media has done that. They look at a picture, they scroll to the next one. Look at a picture, scroll to the next one. Some of, uh, a lot of our attention spans are, have become, have become, uh, not ruined, but have become worse. Because when we scroll, we focus on one thing for a few seconds, and then we go to the next thing, and then we go to the next thing, and we go to the next thing, and we wonder why we have problems focusing at work or have trouble focusing at school or trouble focusing during worship, Pastor Melick. We wonder why we have trouble focusing because our attention span is this long. I've been there. I might still be there. I don't know. Our attention span is this long. And now, instead of focusing and worshiping on a holy God and concentrating on a holy God, we can only concentrate on him for a matter of seconds until we're looking around wondering what everybody else is doing. As to where you go to a place like Guatemala, if you've ever been there before, those people will not look, will not open their eyes one time during a praise and worship service. It's true. Am I telling the truth, Pastor Melick? They will, they, will, they will so focus on the Lord. Uh, you want to talk about, it's a powerful thing. And we've got to talk about these things. Because our worship has been affected by technology. I'm all for screens. I'm young. 
I'm all for technology. I'm all for that. But the, but the point of this and the point of all of this is, you, you know the purpose of this? You know the purpose of, uh, of putting words on a screen? It's to make somebody that's, that's here for the first time comfortable. To where they can sing a song that you're singing and that you may know by heart. And they can, that, that's why they started it back in the day, am I right? They, they put up the, the, the projection, they put those clear, clear copies on the, on, the, on the, what do you call it? What do you even call that? Projector? Is that what you call it? My goodness. Overhead projector, there it is. Thank you so much. I'm just so young. <laughs> that was the purpose. That was the purpose. They would put the clear slides on the overhead projector so that when somebody came in that didn't know the song or, or you sang a song that you pulled out of left field, you know, the worship leader's like, I think I'll sing this tonight. You're like, what in the world, where did that come from? So everybody else can sing. That's the purpose. But if we're not careful, it can become another screen that we just look at. I'm preaching anyhow. It can become another screen because we're used to just looking at screens all the time. And so we see the screen and we just sit there and stare at it. Losing the purpose of the song, losing the purpose of the words to the song, the purpose of praise and worship is to focus on him, is to lift our hands, close our eyes, focus on a God that we cannot see. That is the purpose. Amen. Amen. I feel revelation in this room right now. The Lord wants to help us in this. Amen. The Lord wants to help us wait on him and linger. And it is still apostolic to linger in the presence of the Lord. It's still in the book. It's still a part of it. Some things aren't going to happen right away. We can't allow culture to affect who we are. And just because it doesn't happen immediately doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Don't let the culture affect what the word says. Sometimes things take time. Sometimes things take effort. Sometimes getting into the presence of God takes work. Not everything is just going to be opened up to us, but we have to focus on him, get our minds off of everything else. We have to be intentional. I'm not going to let the devil, I'm not going to let technology ruin my attention span. I'm going to focus on the Lord. And I pray that before this night's over and, and in your prayer time in the weeks to come that you would pray, God, help my attention span. Help me to focus on you, concentrate on you in worship. Help me to focus on you with my praise. Amen. We have to be aware of this, that the devil can use that. He can use devices to distract us from the one, from the reason we come. Amen, amen, amen. So how do they be seated? How, I'm, I'm going to get back to, back to teaching. Amen. How do they do this? How do they get us addicted? I'll tell you how they do it. Let's talk about men and women, all right? Uh-oh, it's right. Let's talk about it. Men have an innate desire to feel competent. Everybody say competent. 
men have a desire to feel good at something. We run to what we are good at. That's what we do. We run to what we are good at. Amen. It's not a, it's not a bad thing. It can be a bad thing. Brother Sean got into, uh, I'll just give you an example. Stand, Brother Sean. I've used you a lot tonight. So I'm sorry about that. Um, uh, Brother Sean uh, got in, got a job being a cook. Am I right? Uh, got a job being a cook at a sub shop, and Sean was good at it. Sean, Sean was very good at that. And after working there for some period of time, Sean came to me and said, I want to go to college to become a cook. I want to be a culinary, I want to go into culinary school and become a cook. I don't know if that's still the case. If it's changed, it's no problem. But the example still works. When you became good at something, when you became competent at something, you wanted to further that. You wanted men have a desire to be competent. How does that relate to technology? I'll tell you. I'm glad you asked. Video games are centered around this principle. Totally centered around this principle. They are designed to create the feeling of competence within men. Young men, old men, they create, they create a feeling of competence. You are good at this. You are doing a great job. You are, you are successful in this. They do that by giving rewards whether it be new items that they give you in the video game, whether it be another, le there's always levels in video games. The, the, the beginning levels are very easy, and the, and the further you go up, it becomes harder. Right? What is that doing? That is, that is, that is speaking to their competence. It is making them feel you, you, you achieved this. You did well. And so now, not only, watch, watch what they do. Not only is dopamine going because, they're, because it's stimulating. It's, that's releasing, releasing, releasing. Not only is that happening, now it's creating a sense of I'm good at this. I'm successful at this. And so now it gives pleasure and they feel good about it because they're good at it. And so you wonder why they run to it or you wonder why you want to run to it all the time. I'll tell you why. It's because it makes them feel competent like they can, like they can do it. And that's why it is so important for us to train our children, our young men, our, 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 our boys. It is so important to teach them how to be competent at things other than video games. They ought to know how to drive a nail. They ought to know how, uh, how to hang a sheet of drywall. They ought to know how to change oil in a car. They ought to know how to use a miter saw. They ought to know these things. Why? Not because you necessarily need them to, but you want them to, you want to create competence in them. And when you create competence, you create confidence. I'm helping somebody right now. You wonder why they run there. They run there because they feel good at it. 
And if we can train them to be become good at other things, then guess what? They will run to those other things. But it takes time, it takes training, it takes patience, and it takes effort. But it's the will of God. How do we train? How do we train? How do we train our children? I'll tell you how we train. How do you train anybody? I'll tell you how you train. You create a desire in them to learn. Step one, you create a desire. This isn't in my notes. Um, this is free tonight. Again, blame pastor if you're upset. Blame pastor. Number one, you create a desire in them to learn. All right? That's, that kind of happens usually organically. They, they have a desire. Dad, that is so cool that you can change the oil in that car. You are awesome. Desire is created. What, what do you do from there? I'll tell you what you do from there. The next step of training is give them simple steps to learn how to do that. Simple steps. Three, three easy steps in the marketing world. How many of you have heard three easy steps? It's easy as one, two, three. A, B, C, one, two. It's, e it's easy. You give them simple, easy steps that they can follow and order. And is everybody okay? I feel like I'm losing you. You create easy steps. Number three, you let them try. You let them try something. People don't learn by just listening. They learn by trying. You let them try. Number four, you celebrate that try. You did a great job. You were awesome at driving that nail. It doesn't matter if it's halfway bent over like this and you'll never get it straightened back out. You did a great job. You, you, you let them try and you celebrate the try. After you have celebrated the try, then you, or then you correct them and you steer them. You did a great job doing that. Here's what you need to do different next time. And you correct and you steer. And from there, what are you doing? You are creating... You are creating competence. You are creating an, an avenue where they can feel good at something other than a video game on their phone or on the TV screen. Creating competence. Does this make sense tonight? Women, let's talk about women. Help us, Lord. Still don't understand you. <laughs> <laughs> Never would. That's awesome. Women have the innate desire to prove their social status or their desirability. Is that true, Sister Allison? Thank you. I need amens right now. I don't know what I'm talking about. Technology companies, here's 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 how this works. How does how does how does technology um how does technology pair with this to make them feel like they, they um, are desired or have social status? Technology does this through social media. Instagram, Facebook, um, any other social media platforms. They do this, um, they do this through likes, through comments, through hearts, through shares, through... Through, through those things, through views, they they create a sense of uh, a sense of desirability, or I'm liked, or I'm accepted by how many likes that they get. Like, listen, listen. I know this may seem weird to you, 
But to them, likes are a real thing. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I'm not one of them. Likes are a real thing. It makes them feel accepted. It, so much so, so much so, none of you, because all of you are amazing teenagers, so much so that, that people will buy likes and buy friends on social media. Do you know that? You can purchase likes and you can purchase friends. That's a terrible life. <laughs> they sell those things and people buy them. Young ladies especially buy them. Why? It makes them feel accepted. It makes them feel they're loved. How many people like them? How many people follow them? It creates, it creates, uh, it creates the feeling in them that they have achieved a status. So this is how technology is intertwining itself into the lives of teenagers and adults sometimes alike. We have all of this moving and operating and, 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 and the statistics say, I'll get there in a second, but depression is running rampant, suicide is running rampant, and it's all connected to this stuff right here. All of it. They create a feeling of acceptance. So some of our girls either feel accepted or are striving to feel accepted on social media. So what is the answer to that? The answer to that is the home. The answer to that uh, for fathers of young ladies, the answer to that is the father of that home. If there is no father, the answer is the parent of that home. What do you do? You continuously tell them you are loved. You are beautiful. I love you. You mean the world to me. You are God made you perfect when he made you. You affirm them and who God has made them to be. It starts at the home. And when they feel like mom and dad see something in me, mom and dad love me, they accept me, then God must see me that way too. And it creates a place where they don't need what social media says to make them feel accepted because they are, feel, they are hearing it at home, they are experiencing at home, it at home, and they are experiencing it within the body of Christ. We cannot allow social media and technology to do what we have been called to do as parents. We cannot allow technology to do it for us. Amen. Technology is designed to keep these girls always logged in, always checking, always looking for another sign of their social status. I'm going to move on and I'm almost done. Believing, believing you are lonely and there is no one who can help is perceived social isolation or PSI. Studies have consistently shown that smartphone usage increases the feelings of perceived social isolation. Nobody's there. Nobody cares. I'm all by myself. PSI is insanely dangerous to your health. Watch. Watch. 
it is just as physically dangerous as smoking or obesity because your body is in a constant state of stress. Teens are spending less time physically hanging out with friends than they ever have. You know this. The addiction to phones has caused a spike in teen depression and anxiety. I'm going to give you two statistics. I've got a bunch here. I'm going to give you two. Social media use makes teens feel depressed. Between 2010 and 2015, there was a 50% increase in teen girls reporting symptoms of depression and a 21% increase among boys. Teens who spend three hours a day or more on electronic devices are 35% more likely to have a risk factor for suicide or something such as um, making a suicide plan. Serious stuff. Here's, here's, here's what all that is saying. Let's, let's break it down. Phones are not making them happy. Here's what this boils down. Phones are not making you happy. They're not. As a matter of fact, they're making you less happy. You need to know this. It's affecting you. I want every teenager to look at me right now. You need to know this. Phones are not making you happy. Phones are making you feel less happy. And if, and if, and if the devil can make you feel like, and if your flesh can make you feel like, that's where you have to run to to be affirmed, you'll never get what you're craving. You'll never get it. Because what you are craving has never been designed to come from others. It's been designed to come from the one who created you. What you are craving in others will be fulfilled in him. If you will run to God, you will feel accepted. You will feel competent. You will feel loved. You will feel beautiful. You will feel those things if you'll run to him. Phones are not making them happy. They're not. Problem is, is sometimes we give them stuff to help them achieve a status that we were always hoping to achieve. We try to live through our children. Trauma of the past of not being accepted or not being not being uh, treated right at school. Trauma of the past can cause us to try to live through our children or try to make sure that our children don't feel the same feelings that we felt when they were their age. I'm going to tell you right now, that is not worth handing them one of these without restrictions. It's not worth it. Getting them to achieve a social status is not worth it. Pastor says you might as well hand them a loaded gun when you hand them one of these without restrictions. It is the truth. Amen. When your child has nearly, un and I'm winding up here, when your child has nearly unlimited access to social media, you are granting their classmates unlimited access to influence them, bully them, make them feel left out and unwanted. That's what we're giving them access to. And as a youth pastor, 
10 years of youth pastoring. Let me tell you this. Is everybody still with me? I'm almost done. In 10 years of youth pastoring, 90% of the problems that I have dealt with have derived from these things. 90% of the problems that I have dealt with derive from these things right here. 90%. The phrase or the thought, not my child, this may be for everybody else, but not my student, that, that doesn't apply. If you believe that, you're deceived. You're, you're deceived. If you believe that every other child except your own is susceptible to this, you're deceived. You really are. You're deceived if you believe that. Because just like, just like Johnny's having the problem, your child is going to face the same problems, the same emotions, the same feelings, they're at this age where all of this is changing in their body and then we hand them one of these and say, have fun. And we think they're going to remain pure and holy? Hang on. Hang on. Amen. Amen. A UPCI youth group of roughly 20 students took a survey of its youth to see the impact of technology and of smartphones on their life. This is of people of like faith, people just like us. They did a survey in a youth group of 20 students. Five of their youth have seen people they know be bullied online. Three have personally been bullied online. Seven have deleted a message from their phone so their parents wouldn't find it. Six know how to send messages to friends in a way that their parents can't find it. Seven out of 20 teenagers in this youth group have sent a text or a direct message to a member of the opposite sex that was about sex. Seven out of 20 teens in this youth group have sent a naked or topless selfie of themselves to someone else. Nine have tried drugs or alcohol. Nine have viewed a video online that my parents would be angry if they knew I had watched it. Eight have viewed pornography and it was not an accident. Four have promised themselves that they would stop viewing pornography only to view it again anyways. Fourteen out of twenty have experienced anxiety or depression and felt like there was no way or no one they could talk to. Nine have felt anxiety or depression that lasted more than one week. Ten have considered hurting themselves or committing suicide. This is in a youth group of like faith, not this youth group, thank God. But if we did this same survey in this youth group, the statistics would probably be right around the same. Not because I know of anything going on, just because the facts are the facts. It's real and it's happening. Too many parents think that they're doing the job by joining the same app and following the child. You're focusing on the wrong end of the problem. The problem is not what they post, it is what they see on the app and what you cannot see on that app. Now I conclude with this, please stand. The people who created this technology all have one thing in common. Once they become parents, they put strict limits on their child screen usage. 
Steve Jobs, the creator. Everybody okay? The creator of the iPhone, the creator of the iPad, the iMac, everything I. Steve Jobs. Jobs, 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 thank you. Everybody knew that except me. Good. Steve, Steve Jobs, when asked by a journalist if his children loved using the new iPad, here was his reply, the creator of the iPad. Do your children love using an iPad? Here's what he said. They haven't used it, he told me. We limit how much technology our kids use at home. If the creators of technology are limiting, are limiting technology consumption in their child's life, we ought to also. And beyond that, we ought to limit technology in our own lives. You can't tell me but one or two decent things that can come out of social media. But I can tell you a few handful of things of the dangers that come from social media. I have it. I use it. But I limit it. My wife um, is not in here, but if, oh, there she is. She is in here. My wife would tell you, I, I, I've gone to my wife, and I have said, Lauren, I need you to put restrictions on my phone. And right now, I have restrictions on this phone on how much time I can spend on Instagram, how much time I can spend on Facebook, how much time I can spend on YouTube. I limit it. And once I have hit that time, which for me is 20 minutes a day, once I have hit that time, it, it totally shuts the app off to where I can't use it anymore. I'm, 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 I'm attempting to be accountable in this because there are dangers. We can get addicted to this stuff very easy. Don't be ignorant of Satan's devices. Young people, I want you to listen to me for one moment. As a matter of fact, I'd like families to come to the altar. I'd like everybody, uh, uh, I'd like everybody to come, but get with your family. Get with your family. We're going to have a time of prayer, and we're going to be dismissed, okay? I know I've talked for a long time tonight, but I have obeyed the man of God, and I don't apologize for that. Get with your family if they are here. If not, if not, just come to the front.
everybody could just come in a little closer. Some people that are still coming to the altar. Thank you. Young people, I want you to listen to me. Honor your father and your mother so that your days will be long on the earth. Honor them. When they say no or when they say it's time to turn it off or when they put restrictions on your phone that you're not okay with, honor them. They see beyond right now. They're looking into five and ten years from now. It's so easy sometimes for, for, for you as a teenager to just worry about right now. They are looking beyond now. They see a future in you. They see somebody that they don't want to be in their basement 20 years from now playing video games. Can I get an amen? They see somebody that they want to have a good job, somebody that they want to make a lot of money, to enjoy life. They see somebody that they, they don't want you to go through the same hardships that they had to go through. They want to create a better life for you. And the way they do that is by correction, by steering, and by limiting how much time you spend doing this. Because when you do that, you're not growing. When you do that, you're not learning. You're not being trained. You're just there. You're just existing. Honor your parents. Honor your father and your mother. Honor honor God honor hear me honor God and be more than just a vegetable that sits on the couch and looks at this all day honor God because when he made you he made you to fulfill a purpose and you will never fulfill your purpose by being good at things that don't matter. You will never fulfill your purpose being good at those things. Honor your parents and honor God. Parents, I, um, I honor you tonight and I respect you tonight. You have a hard task. Parents of teenagers and older children, I I. I I don't understand it yet. But I do know, I do know that it is possible to have this and to have peace in your home at the same time. It's possible. Although it doesn't feel like it sometimes and you want to slap them upside the face. It's possible. But you've got to bring them alongside you and the same hesitations that you have, you have to express. 
Because I promise you they've thought about it. I promise you they've, they've thought long and hard about it. But what you have thought about, you have to express. And say, this is why. This is why. This is why. Amen. Don't be ignorant of Satan's devices. If he can get in through this, he's going to get in through this. We shouldn't go to bed looking at these. Is that okay? We shouldn't go to bed looking at these. You can read study after study out there how it talks about how, how much it affects our rest if we go to bed looking at these. I'm, I'm trying my very best. I, 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 put my, I put my phone at the other end of the bedroom. Right now, I'm still somewhat using it as an alarm clock, but we, we just recently went to Walmart or went to Target and purchased an actual alarm clock. <laughs> they still make those. That is so powerful. Did y'all know that? You ever heard? Never mind. We just recently purchased an alarm clock, and we are going to be, my, my phone, my Apple Watch, my iPad, all of that is going to be in the kitchen, plugged in, charred, getting ready for the next day. Because I don't want I, I want I want the bedroom to be a safe place, a place where we can where I can rest, and I don't have to constantly look at junk. You ever saw something you wish you wouldn't have seen right before you went to bed? Sorry about that. You know, two yeah, all kinds of stuff that you see. Guard your eyes. Jesus said. Jesus said, if they would ever see with their eye, I know, I know I'm rambling, but it's just give me one more point here. Jesus said, if they would see with their eyes and hear with their ears, they would understand in their heart and be converted. There is a process of whatever goes into your eyes and whatever goes into your ears, it makes its way to your heart. And what you speak out of your heart where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And what you speak is what's in your heart. That's the process of how you become who you are. What you ingest gets into your heart, comes out of your mouth. That's who you are. Amen. I hope this has helped somebody tonight. We have to, we have to understand. We have to, we have to be aware of these things. Amen. I want to pray over you. Lord. Pray in the name of Jesus for these tremendous people, God. Technology is its a new thing. It's a um, thing that we don't have a lot to go off of. We don't understand all the repercussions yet. The story is yet to be told of how it affects individuals long term. But God, we know that anything in excess is dangerous. Lord, we pray tonight that as parents that you would give us wisdom Lord on how to handle this with our children God I'm asking you for wisdom for my wife and I personally on how to navigate through this the technology centered world God give us wisdom and understanding on how to how to train our children in using this Lord and I pray tonight for every young person, every teenager, every 
8, 9, 10, 11-year-old. I pray for all of them tonight. God, that they would be aware, that they would be aware of the enemy's devices, that they would be aware of what it's causing in their mind and in their body. God, I pray that they would be aware of it. I pray that you would expose this to them tonight. I pray that the that the that the that the cloth would be torn away from their eyes and that they would see it for what it really is. Lord, now I pray, God, in the name of Jesus for these families that they would be stronger than they have ever been. God, that they would be more together than they have ever been. God, because we know strong families produce strong churches. Strong churches produce strong cities. Lord, we know that strong families is the it's the root of everything, Lord. We want our families to be strong. Help us, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here tonight. Thank you for enduring this. If you're a guest, thank you for being here. Join us next week.